0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and those visiting from the shadow realm that wish to listen to our podcast. Hello everyone welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, aka the Martinsburg Madman, aka this show's frontman, and main host. Y'all might notice uh, a few things. One of which is that this filler episode is out later than usual. I'll get into that in a moment. Number two, this isn't your standard Lost Media episode featuring the Covert cast. Uh, Again, I'll get that into a a moment. I know earlier this week on Monday during the... uh, full halloween special aspect of things uh, i said that they might be might be a uh, bre- another brand new episode this week depending on uh how things fell uh i was you could tell uh no things didn't fall the way i thought they would fall but um uh, either way and i'll get into uh uh the whole aspect of ravenwood fair when uh i speak with sasha and we get caught up Uh, So that's that. And the reason why, again, things took a little uh, longer to get out in regards to this. Uh, Going a few things, I'm okay. It's just that it's not physical. It's not mental or anything like that. Just that I had internet issues. I uh, I have things going on physically with the house that I need to take care of. So that's why I had to get those ducks in a row before I worked on this. And in regards to this week's episode, um, why am I sharing this particular episode? couple reasons. One, Randy from Geek World Order is having some issues with Facebook and what they're doing to his page over there. I'm not exactly sure. I have to watch his YouTube video to find out exactly what's going on. I don't think even he knows what's going on. But uh, second thing is, uh, Randy hasn't Posted a episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast in well over two, I want to say two years, it out close to two years. Let's say that. So does this make a uh, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast defunct or anything like that or lost media? No, you could still find uh, the complete run of episodes on Podbean, all like 30, 40 of them. So. I'll provide a link in the description where you could find them. Give them all a listen. Show Randy some love. Uh, I'll put uh, Randy the Geek World Order stuff and the Totally Radical stuff in the description down below so you can check him out. Show him his wonderful love. He's been doing this longer than I have, so please do that. Um, and nothing is uh, the final reason is that I'm a part of this episode. Uh, he, I think at the time when this episode aired I think it was back in 2020 uh, he needed an, uh, a co-host for the day I, I think he his co-host couldn't make it that that and, or what have you I don't remember exactly what was going on at the time uh, but still he needed he contacted me and it's like hey you want to be on the show and I was like no problem let's do it now what is totally Radical cut Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast, what Randy did on this show was, and you'll hear, is that he'll take episodes of old 80s cartoons, whether it be Brave Star, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Mask, um, stuff like that, and break down the aspect of those episodes and how those episodes sometimes can be a little bit problematic uh, at times or... How, even though as kids we overlooked the oddities of what was going on in the episode uh, with an adult mind uh, now. So, you'll hear it. It, I know it's a little bit longer. I'm sure you all will enjoy it. Please, if you have a chance, uh, check out uh, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Uh, I'll go into details on the other side of the episode, but for now, hey George! Hit the button! We'll be right back with more of the Long Coat Mafia Podcast.
1: Multicolored lights and sounds. A world of adventure and heroes galore. It's truly outrageous when we yell, Thundercats, ho! Autobots roll out and yell, yo, Joe! Foam feet and legs and do the Mario! get into a care bear stare and go go gadget ears excuse me princess it's time for totally radical totally radical totally radical cartoon podcast one hello and welcome everyone welcome back to an all new episode of the totally radical cartoon podcast This is the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity there is. My name is Randy. I am your host on this journey and uh, we're doing things a little bit differently folks. Uh, Phil's not here this week but I do have a special guest with me. Uh, Please welcome to the show today Chris. Uh, How you doing today buddy?
0: I'm doing okay. I'm this side of six feet.
1: (laughs) Oh man and for those who know uh, Chris here is the host of the, uh, the Long Coat Mafia that we share on Geekroll Order every week. We share their episodes. Um, Chris, uh, where can they find you on social media?
0: Uh, we are found uh, uh, pretty much on most of the social media platforms. On Facebook, we are our page is facebook.com forward slash the Long Coat Mafia podcast. Uh, YouTube, I'm being slacker on that, but... Uh, you could just do a search for Long Coat Mafia podcast and we'll come up. It's the channel, not the, the, those nasty videos that you could find on YouTube. Uh, on Twitter, it's Long Coat Mafia, and on Instagram, it is Long Coat Mafia. And with the show, usual outlets Google Play, uh, or should I should say Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also our main website, which is longcoatmafia.podbean.com.
1: And of course, as always, you can find Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast, of course, on all of the major podcast providers. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Tuner Radio, iHeartRadio. If there's a podcast provider out there, you can find us. Just uh, give us a subscribe, give us that five star, that text review, um, all those wonderful things that help podcasts grow. Of course, Geekrollorder.com is where you can find us. Our main website. Of course, we are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Geek World Order in 2020. The site's official anniversary is in July. And of course, it's the big 10-year, so we'd like to just mention that anytime we can. Uh, Facebook, you can look up both Geek World Order and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcasts. They have their own pages. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, of course, at Geek World Order. Uh, And today, it's time to transform and roll out because we are taking a look at another episode of the Transformers. And today we are taking a look at a very interesting episode. Uh, The episode is is called The Burden Hardest to Bear. It's an episode that's going to focus on Rodimus Prime. Yes, I know, everyone's favorite character from the third season. Oh, joy.
0: Yeah, for the folks at home that are new to this this cartoon, it takes place sometime after the movie. I'll put it like that for now. I'm sure we'll go into it a little bit later Mm -hmm. in the episode. Yes,
1: this is the third season of Transformers, so this takes place in uh, 2005-2006. Behold, the world of the future! (laughs) Of course, the first two seasons taking place in the 80s. Uh, So yes, we get uh, 1986's version of what 2006 is supposed to look like. Yeah, um, still waiting on all those futuristic cars. Ah, oh, same here. Uh, so, our episode opens up, and we are in the beautiful area of Japan. And it's sort of a normal day. People are, there's some guys on a boat, they're working, they're fishing.
0: You mean the two guys that are in a boat that's seemingly smaller than a rowboat? Or I should say, they look like Godzilla and King Kong in a this <laughs> overly small boat. <laughs> That's what it ap- appears. About. Yeah,
1: yeah. There are some issues with scale in this scene. Now, the backgrounds are drawn very beautifully.
0: I'm so not I- denying that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, the the third season of the of Transformers is not known for its uh, animation quality
0: yeah I, that's one of the things I, I noticed with at least this season it, it it was like um I know a lot of you out there might not might not be familiar with it but I think um, Randy might be uh, it was like this season was had almost the same problem that GI Joe had after their uh, quote unquote movie which meant means they had great quality prior but afterward, they got overly cartoony, if you could understand that. It yeah. just seemed the, the, the quality went from we're being a serious cartoon to Boink and you know, Bonk and Boink and uh, with animation animation right. that wasn't the greatest.
1: Now with GI Joe, uh, the rights for the cartoons did get sold to another company. Uh, they went to Deke Animation. Um, yeah. Not a highly reputable company in the 90s. (laughs) And, yeah, no, that, those later seasons, um, yeah, definitely dealt with, um, lower budgets, to say. Right. There are definitely worse episodes in Transformers. Um, there is a company called Acom, which was a Korean studio, um, I don't know if this was an Acom episode, um, but there are others that are much worse with the with the animation monstrosities. Um, There's a very specific episode called Carnage in C Minor, which is a third season episode. It is notoriously known as the worst animated episode of Transformers.
0: It's been, you. I'm saying uh, uh, with the deepest compliments uh, and everything else. This is the first time I go deep into a classic Transformers episode in a long time because I tried to watch the original Shiro uh, a few years ago and the original He-Man a few years, years ago and I was like dear god you know how did I love this as a child and but I still had respect for like uh Thundercats and um uh Voltron and Transformers because of you know who and what they were, and the animation quality, and everything else. So uh, that uh, I blame you, Randy. I blame <laughs> you. Uh, but um, I don't know if you noticed uh, because we're talking about animation quality a little bit. I'm, I'll I'll let you steer it back into the aspect of the show and the plot. But did you notice the uh, the overall the bad lip syncing sometimes and the audio sync? Um, meaning, like, there should have been audio in there, but there was mouth movements. (laughs) And I noticed that there were times it had, um, uh, like, there was... The the animation wasn't sticking to the background, if you could understand that, meaning it almost had how South Park was when they started. But South Park... I want to give South Park an excuse because they were starting out. They were learning animation as they Mm -hmm. were going. This was a, a... a company that's probably been around for a while. It's like, why does it seem like at times that there's a breeze going underneath the cells and it's not sticking to the background. It's not feeling like, uh, animation's taking me out of the episode. It's and-
1: most notable in this opening scene. Right. In, uh, cause we get one of the Autobots known as broadside. Uh, he's in a fight with, uh, the Constructicons and, uh, predaking, and this starts just what a sequence of just several attacks on this japanese city and they all seem to take place in like the same day
0: or was with in around that it's it just that the it was like a, a battle montage and it it just seemed out of place uh, even as watching it as an individual episode it just seems out of place no context no nothing from previous episodes that i can remember it just seems like okay Mm -hmm. battle at montage and in that again that opening sequence it's just that you have uh like with that boat scene you Mm -hmm. have the 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 destructicons just at some point disengage and there's no sound like in the rest of the uh, episode with the uh -hmm. other uh decepticons and autobots that are the same size or the same um let's combine or I should say combine cons if you want to call them that or classify them as that where if they disengage you heard the disengagement you didn't mm-hmm. hear that with the uh, devastator you didn't hear that with the construction cons and that little scene so it it's it just like it just seemed weird you know as a whole
1: right and this like that first one was definitely the most glaring of the animation issues and like the other couple were not as bad um there's another scene where they're going to a japanese shrine and uh the protectobots are facing off against a decepticon combiner known as bruticus you know, and um the protectobots of course trying to you know Make sure the people are okay, and that's causing them to kind of take a few extra
0: hits. Right, and that—that that was the whole, like I said. I was rewatch. You probably saw my post on Facebook saying I'm going over my homework with uh, Geek World Order, <laughs> and it's like you know I just want that's me was me saying I saw the episode. I'm taking notes now, um, and it was just that whole aspect of him falling backwards and saying, "Oh, we gotta protect the humans." No, and that's one of the things it it goes from there it sets a few things up but it's just again weird Mm -hmm. and did you notice in that montage it had with um, Astro Train the kind of the it it, when we were kids watching this we didn't think two bits about but nowadays it's that – I think you brought it up in like – not just – I think last week's episode. It had that stereotypical Asian-Japanese type oh, of organ. Yeah. And it's like now it might be considered a little bit racist to go talk like that. Uh, and It's just like, ooh, that's cringe. You, 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 oh. you can tell. It, yeah. It, oh, no, it was it's like, going to get worse. Yeah, it got it got because we're
1: worse. not even to the scene where it where it gets worse yet, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, no, right. uh, Astro trains coming in, and he's finding the aerial bots, and yeah, this is melee. Let, uh, so let me just some... say
0: this: even though we're picking on this, I want to say that particular aspect of how they dealt. Like, all right, you go left, you go right, you take the right flank, you take the... mm-hmm. that seemed. Granted, I am I never served in the military, but it seemed no, almost from a military standpoint accurate. All right, you take the right, you go right, you go left. This is what we're going to do. It, mm-hmm. That seemed – that was good. I, I liked that aspect, but just that there were some – there's a a whole lot of cringe going on and a whole lot of issues going on.
1: Right. So uh, during this attack, uh, the part where Bruticus and Defensor are fighting – uh, some of the main decepticons, including Cyclonus, Scourge and the sweeps, come in and, and so come some of our main Autobot heroes, Aonymous Prime cup, and the uh, space shuttle that known as Skylinks. And yeah, so they basically finally but you know fend off all these Decepticon attacks and they're like, all right, we've got the Decepticons on the run. We can breathe a little bit. But no. Like as soon as that's done, uh Skylinks gets a communication from the oh uh, it was like the Japanese embassy or some kind of yeah, council. The,
0: yeah, their their government, the um prime minister or something uh, like that. Yes.
1: The prime minister wants to see Ronimus prime immediately. And yeah, here's where we get to the cringy part. This guy, uh the Prime Minister had one of the most Stereotypical, we couldn't actually get an Asian actor to play this guy, so we needed whoever was available that day to do an Asian accent.
0: Yeah, and it was not good. No, um, no, it was not good at no, all. No, 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 uh, what folks, let me put it like this uh, I'm sure Randy's talked about something stuff like this before. Uh, the guy who used to voice a in the Simpsons, pulled off a decent, even though it was over the top, would have fit better for an Indian accent in a show.
1: Oh,
0: I'm just saying. I, yeah, I'm, Hank Azaria. He, yeah, he pulled off, despite being who he is, pulled off a halfway decent Indian accent, despite the. I'm saying, despite the controversy surrounding Apu, but and he played. This a was just almost 30 years right um but this is just this is bad bad they, they couldn't get somebody at hank's level to even come close and the whole argument behind the the prime minister going after rodimus was oh we're, we're sick and tired of you. And it was almost even stereotypes you could say they were being racist too because we're sick and tired of you people and it was like it was almost them saying that it's like we're sick and tired of you and folks like you causing mm-hmm. damage and, and like even Rodimus was like wait a minute we're trying to protect you here Yeah. if we weren't here you'd all be dead and you're blame, putting the blame in our feet and this is the I guess the crux of the episode to show that he is dealing with all this stress as a Mm -hmm. new leader of the Autobots because when we see, uh, even in the early day, I don't know how many episodes of the Transformers you've covered in the past, but uh, when you look at the first season, even then uh, Optimus Prime was leader for decades, centuries Mm -hmm. even, prior to landing on Earth. So he had training plus that's one of the things I want to bring up it's like, why didn't rodimus you know lean on cup for a little bit because at this point he knew cup had experience Mm -hmm. and was that old timer i'm sure optimus had uh the previous leader to lean on to get that wisdom and to lean on a little bit for advice why not go to cup you know just be have him be that almost counsel that old vet to lean on a little bit yeah what's a good idea but we don't see that but it's it's mostly strictly cup yeah. understand cup understands
1: but yeah, he's an old war veteran much like ironhide is in the first 2 seasons
0: right so he cup understands completely what rodimus is going to through and he understands that either way if cup went to him for advice and to help either way cup would understand completely and he mm-hmm. does and i get that it yeah. was just
1: Cup, and also Ultra Magnus does it because uh, he's basically second in command of the Autobots during the third season, right? And Optimus Prime originally chose him as the next leader uh, in Transformers the movie, but of course, you know we know the whole story how Hot Rod ended up basically being the chosen
0: one. And folks, uh, I- I'm sure Randy could agree with me. Go out, I, I know it's on Vudu. Rent the original Transformers the movie. It is. Uh, as much as it might be at times 80s cringe, it is 80s awesome. It, it the, the artwork style, the the pacing, the music, is. there's a lot of good to it. It is – and it put a lot of people – a lot of kids in therapy. Uh, <laughs> uh, not as bad as Watership Down, which is probably another episode for this show. But it put a lot of kids in therapy, and it was a cause for a lot of um, – iconic shows to scrap or change how they did their retro their movies at the time yeah. because of what happened uh meaning at that time gi joe the movie was going to come out uh thundercats the movie was going to come out and because of what happened with transformers the movie the studios pretty went at ah, no 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 right. no uh the original theatrical
1: release schedule was supposed to be GI Joe Care Bears Transformers. The first two got so far delayed with like budgets and things and just utter delays. Transformers actually came out first.
0: Yeah, and with and everything was, Yeah. With the death of Optimus Prime, spoilers, um since the movie's been out for over 30 years, we guess spoilers, um and by the way – no, I'm not doing that joke. Uh, um, the, because of that and what happened, and I don't think the movie was all that big of a success. Oh,
1: financially, it, no. Uh,
0: they When they went to look at putting out G.I. Joe, Care Bears, uh, Thundercats, all that... big cartoons at the time, they went, uh, no, uh, we're, we're not going to do this. One uh, yeah. failure is enough.
1: The budget's so, got – Slashed significantly and both went straight to to video.
0: TV, TV or video or both. Yeah, so. G.I.
1: Joe got so budget cut that only like they got their soundtrack taken away. Like wow. only one song was actually produced for that movie and it was the intro. Um, every Everything else that was actually used in the movie for background music was just what they'd already had for G.I. Joe Transformers just for the stock musics.
0: Yeah. So there I wasn't bet. even
1: an original score for that movie.
0: And we got sidetracked um <laughs> which is t- typical for my show but not yours Randy. Um, it's
1: somewhat it's somewhat normal for us.
0: <laughs> uh to get back um yeah no If I may um uh, they Rodmus uh goes off he needs to kind of de-stress and just be on his own for a little bit to be by himself. So he goes just to kind of have a run by driving off he's
1: yeah because basically he snaps uh because as the prime minister is berating him he's like okay whatever i'm not gonna escalate this i'm just gonna leave uh, marissa fairborn of the earth defense corps comes and is like uh we need some help he's like really you too i'm done and I'm he out. just drives yeah, off
0: i'm out and drives off yeah and that which leads to that scene she goes all right Uh, If I was, uh, you know, uh, a robot that could turn to a car, what would I do? I'd be driving, you know, I'd be, you know, floor, you know, pedal to the floor on this road. I'd just be getting out my frustration, which is, I'd say, sensible that some people would go for a run just to de-stress. And the thing is, they run into two Decepticons that are looking out for Autobots in general. Mm -hmm. I have issues with this.
1: Uh, but because... before
0: we get there, I guess,
1: uh, but before we get there, we do get a little bit of uh, exposition, basically, kind of what's going on, because um, Fairborn's kind of like, um, what's wrong with him? And basically, Cup explains the concept of uh, giddy, uh, which he says basically translates to the burden hardest to bear. Uh, basically, Rodimus is having issues because obviously he's still adapting to leadership and filling in the shoes of you know a great war hero like optimus prime and it's getting to him he's under constant stress obviously you know he just finished like three decepticon attacks in one day and yeah it's getting to him which is why he just kind of snaps and goes all right i'm off
0: right and, like I said, which leads into the next scene, which is pretty much the whole aspect of Fairborn, you know, looking for Rodimus and trying to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And they meet up. Uh, there's these two Decepticons that are keeping an eye out for any Autobots. How they do not recognize the Autobot leader yeah. is beyond me. Yeah, because he's the – you wouldn't when. when Anybody know? It's like everybody would recognize Optimus Prime because he's the Autobot leader. He's you know this big stinking vehicle. He's a semi. Rodimus Prime is this big stinking video vehicle, <laughs> and he's a leader. One thing like yeah. oh, here comes a, a stupid uh, a Autobot now. Wouldn't you want to take down the Autobot leader and go to your leader and say, hey, guess what we did? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's just that this whole scene is kind of weird because they don't recognize Rodimus the uh, Fairborn seems to recognize that these two cars are uh, are Decepticons there's no symbols on these cars whatsoever uh, art wise so how does she know that they're Decepticons because they're driving badly which is weird but I get. I understand that Rodimus knows who these two are because he's the leader. <laughs> he's got to know this, and he, that's why he he says, "Hey, it's so and so and so and so." Yes. Oh, they're after. He, yeah.
1: Yep. And these two Decepticons are um, two of the Stunticons: uh, Dead End and Wild Rider.
0: Yeah, which one of which has this weird southern? Um, I don't mean southern draw. It's like this combination of southern redneck. Stupid redneck draw to him. And it's like, howdy um, boys. These guys you know?
1: co- Yeah, sometimes these actors have to come up with weird voices because a lot of these actors in the '80s, these cartoons, they're playing like three or four characters right. per show. So right. they just got to throw some crazy crap at the walls and like, eh, whatever.
0: Again, it's one of those aspects that, as kids, we didn't really give to rat two rears about two pills about or two bowls of cereal about but now when we go back i'm like oh oh that's just that's that's bad that no no
1: <laughs> or, I, that, <laughs> or i'm like okay well oh there's shipwreck in an episode of gi joe it probably means dusty's gonna be here because the voice is this the same voice actor it's like wait who else does he play in the show oh he plays one of the dreadnoughts so i bet that one's gonna show up <laughs> yeah it's crazy kind of looking back on it as an adult and going i know that voice
0: right right uh if you got a good ear you could hear it with a lot of the modern day legends that are vo- voice actors you could hear, you could tell who mm-hmm. it is but i'm not complaining to it. it it's it you have to have that ear for it or if you right. listen if you watch a lot of animation you you're able to tell who's who but One of the things that also got me with this is that these two cars, Stunticons, managed to run off the road, Rodimus Prime,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: And that's like you just casually pushing off a without any effort pushing off a cliff of a semi, and it sort of
1: kind of goes to tell the kind of stress that Rodimus is under uh, because. You've got Fairborn who's trying to follow him. They run her off the road with like an oil slick. So, and he's like, "Oh crap! I got to save her." He's already got his. He's already doesn't have his mind on anything because he's just trying to get away and clear his head. So it's not surprising that he's kind of taken down very easily. He is True. highly distracted.
0: I'll, I'll give you that, but I, I was just looking at things weight-wise, so. Uh, or I should say size wise. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm trying to compare size wise in the show that you have a three story robot that's able to transform all the way down to a size of a of a Walkman. So, yes.
1: So.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's not even size-wise.
1: bring it. Yeah. Let's not even bring in the mass shifting physics into this. <laughs>
0: um, but <laughs> to kind of go from the, the that point that he's off the road, it's like then. These two Stunticons find the Autobot leader of Matrix.
1: Yes, the Matrix and... of Leadership. And and they realize what it is. It's like, oh, we did something right.
0: Yeah, not just that. It's like, I, my thought, again, I'm trying to think of things logically. It's like, how did it get out of his... Did it, did it pop out of his hood? What? It's like, there's no... Anyway, it's like, there's no... F- way it could have popped (laughs) out easily and but it popped out easily and itself
1: rule number one of 80s cartoons logic need not apply
0: (laughs) it's like damn it no wonder i got into the show as a kid
1: it hurts your brain when you try to put logic on it so they realize what they have and they they're like all right we can head back to our burnt-out a husk of a planet called Char. Yeah, the raging crap-hold of the galaxy that place is. So, once the Matrix is out of him, he transforms. uh, Because at this point, since he doesn't have the Matrix, he's become Hot Rod again.
0: The party animal Hot Rod. (laughs) Uh,
1: And uh, so, Fairborn finds Rodimus, you know, unconscious transformed our hero is um in a vulnerable position uh so as we know on this show in our lovely 80s tropes when our antagon- when our protagonists are in danger what time is it it's commercial time uh, so we'll be back in just a moment folks and more autobots join optimus prime Cop, reminds me of the battle on beta 4 rod. watch my smoker! maybe me And these are the new Decepticons, the Evil Cyclonus. I'm spoiling for a fight and scourge. No one escapes the sweep. But soon, a new Autobot leader will arrive, introducing Rodimus Prime. No one can take on the Decepticons like Rodimus Prime.
0: The Transformers!
1: The Transformers, each sold separately from Hasbro.
0: In the beginning, the people who worked with computers were considered magicians. But Digital took the mystery out of computers. Digital Equipment Corporation pioneered the mini computer, making compact, easy to use systems that can grow with your business. From your independent digital supplier, you can get hardware and software from one source without any hocus pocus. Digital, we took the mystery out of computers. All kinds of things you use every day are on sale this week at CVS at unusually low prices. Like delicious chocolate-covered Borden Thin Mints. Right now, the 6-ounce box is on sale for a slim 66 cents. Or Drixoral Antihistamine Tablets. A package of 10 is just 49 cents after mail-in rebate at today's neighborhood drugstore. CVS
1: All right, and we are back. And as we come back from the commercial, we are on the Decepticons' base on the planet of Char.
0: Oh, don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Or should I say, because we just came back from a commercial. (laughs) awesome 80s
1: soundtracks. (laughs) Yeah, Char is pretty much what it sounds like, folks. It's a pile of rubble.
0: It's a wreck. It's just like the bad side of town with all the rundown houses that are boarded up
1: yeah it's really what this planet is mm? so Galvatron's in his throne room in his rock chair he's like oh yes you've brought me the matrix of leadership now you'll rule the galaxy
0: And and said aspects like you've done right – like you said before the break, it's like you've done right. You've finally done something. He actually compliments him that you've done something right for once. Congratulations. And something you don't really hear, a lot of the bad guys – well, Galvatron usually does it to – like or prior to him being Galvatron when he was Megatron, he'd say it to Soundwave. But Mm -hmm. he'd rarely say it to anybody else. This is one of the few times he says it to somebody else. Especially –
1: in the insane Galvatron. Right. And so the thing he, is... So he actually goes to put the Matrix into his arm cannon. Uh,
0: let me just say something. Chest. Let me just say... Ask this. It's uh, This is one of the issues I had. He states that this is the first time in years we've had it. And it proposed the question. Was like, how long was it between... Se- that season three, in essence, takes place Then the movie? Was it, you know... Six months, eight months? Was it actually five years? Because we see... No, it's about a year. About a year. But that being said, that Galachan forgot that a year ago, he had the Autobot matrix of leadership hanging around his neck yeah. in the movie. He had it in his hands. Yeah. He had it in his hands. And he's like, we haven't, we've been trying to find this thing for years. Wait, what? (laughs) Lest you forget, or is that the insanity?
1: Or, you know. Although I think in the first couple seasons what became The Matrix was referred to as a a laser core. Okay. Uh,
0: Retconning. Gotta love it. Yeah, I I think the movie, retcon. even in the comic they retconned, you know, there was like several different versions between the comic and the movie and the cartoon mm-hmm. so it, it's uh, uh, to kind of quote Doctor Who is all timey-wimey wibbly-wobbly <laughs> sort of thing uh, it's the again 80s where we just wanted to sit in front of the TV on Saturday mornings eating bowls of t- tricks and just <laughs> let our brain be unplugged for about four hours watching cartoons logic every- what yeah, is his logic? logic. logic.
1: <laughs> we didn't care. So yeah, uh, so, but... Galvatron is basically only interested in weaponizing it, and he literally puts the thing into like the back part of his arm cannon, and like he literally goes to like shoot it. He's like, it does nothing.
0: I get you broke logic. it. I get uh, that's that was his aspect, but I get his logic that. It's a po that he might think it's a power source that he it would give his weapon a boost. And you it, know, it is and a it power. Just, just not it, in the way not,
1: he's expecting it.
0: Right. It's not compatible with uh Decepticon technology, if you will. And um, it's
1: and it's been established that you know, when when people have tried to open the Matrix, it cannot be opened by a Decepticon.
0: I think yeah. they covered that both so, w- once or twice in the movie and several times in the TV show. I think,
1: yeah. Like, so he's like trying to shoot it, and on one of them, oh, here's where the episode takes an odd turn. Like, ghosts of ancient Autobots come out of hit Galvatron's cannon.
0: And I have a question. He says these ancient Autobots. How did he not recognize Op- Optimus Prime? Mm-hmm. Which maybe, as you said, maybe about if you want to go most two years ago, he fought as Megatron. Mm-hmm. How did he not recognize Optimus? And how is well or maybe he how, did,
1: or maybe he did recognize Optimus. Maybe that's why he realized they were ancient Autobots. Well,
0: true because uh, Optimus has been around since in our terms, prehistoric time, so yes, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of fits, but uh, in a way, it doesn't, and it does at the same time. It's like, logic and illogic, and it's like, logic is trying to fight logic at this time. Because in, <laughs> in a way, yes, uh, Optimus was that old, even when he passed, but mm-hmm. by show standards and show times, he only went away maybe about two years ago, three tops, if you want Depending on how you want to look at things, not even the show has made that mm-hmm. timestamp as to how far removed the series three has was from the movie or pays oh, no. any reference to the movie. Oh, it's so- a
1: it's a year because uh, they do mention in the at the beginning of the movie it's two thousand five, and there is an episode before this, a few episodes before this one that we're talking about. They specifically say it's 2006. Okay. So, yeah, we're talking a year.
0: Which makes things, you know, again, we're trying to, pull, at least I'm trying to apply logic to something that when we were kids, it's logic. We're applying logic of maybe a, a, an eight-year-old mm-hmm. <laughs> to something that nowadays is like, okay, we're, more than eight years old and we're trying to apply exact logic to something that right when we were kids heck with logic
1: and (laughs) Galvatron is just insane Uh, because at the end of the movie Rodimus flung him out of Unicron and it you know we learned in the beginning of season three that basically Galvatron landed on this planet that's basically like liquid plasma and it's fried his circuits like he his brain is like destroyed he is Actually, insane.
0: Like I said, for me, it's been a while since I dove deep into mm-hmm. the logic of either the older seasons and the newer seasons of um, Transformers. Uh, I know there's a, a YouTube video that does the uh, secular, or uh, they puts all the Transformers shows, even the ones that came out in J- Japan. In the timeline and how it just it, they go with uh, the original series and how the whole series kind of just every Transformer show is connected and it loops back around itself in a way. It, it it's fascinating, folks. If you could find it on YouTube, watch it. it. I mean, it's it's it very interesting and weird at the same time.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so our ancient Autobots come out and they. Demand that Galvatron returns the Matrix. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, just go away. And they do. And then he's like, all right, Scourge, j- just get rid of the thing, I don't care. Destroy it, I- whatever.
0: And that's when Scourge says, well, well didn't you say uh, you would return it? I lie. Even <laughs> b- besides uh, Galvatron's insanity, it's the perfect evil comment, too. It's like you'd expect the bad guy to lie. Right. Anyway, even, even without contact, you expect him being insane. Or you, he, you'd expect the bad guy, the bad guy leader to kind of cower in that type of situation. Then claim to like when everything's said he's gone, do something completely different because he's evil. He's the bad guy. You expect mm-hmm. him to do that. Even as an adult, you expect him like, yeah, I get it. You know, he, he lied. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Scourge actually realizes what the Matrix is. That or it's in not some way. That it's a weapon. It is a, it is more powerful. It is a source of power, but in a different way. So he's like, all right. And he shoves the Matrix into his chest.
0: Oh, now we're going to talk about crying Scourge? Well, oh, buddy. While he's hulking out or turning into a robotic zombie, maybe
1: <laughs> this is like the robotic version of Void Rage.
0: Right. It's it, he's either the best way to describe it is either a hulking out or b turning into a zombie.
1: Because as we've established, this is not meant for a Decepticon. Right. Like, his body is basically having an allergic reaction to it.
0: I, th- if I may. Uh, how he puts it in, he understands what it's for. Mm-hmm. Just that when we, what we know of the the matrix of leadership, that with some Autobots, when they're given this particular device, uh, it as to be passed on to, uh, as it was with um, maybe Optimus, and more so, better example, Hot Rod. It bulks them up. It ma- sees the potential and amplifies amplifies it right and or it will amplify in some cases um it makes the Autobot better it, it it amplifies them it's it brings out the leadership aspects and because maybe in some way the matrix of leadership sees possible potential in scourge it
1: or it's because being a decepticon scourge is more inherently evil
0: Right, you get this allergic, re- it tries to do what it's programmed to, but, but the programming in a Decepticon, especially someone like Scourge, who's been rebuilt by Unicron. Yes,
1: that's actually the point I was about to bring up. That Be- Because he was one of the, the heralds of Unicron, so that may affect his Decepticon physiology in a way also that makes him more inherently evil.
0: Right. Or the uh, aspect for those of you who watched the movie, um, Unicron pretty much had a peanut allergy, if you want to look at it like that. And the universe's peanut for Unicron was the Autobot leader of Matrix. Mm-hmm. That's why he had to get rid of it. And it's sort trans- of
1: a, a yin and yang thing. Right. Unicron is such this force of evil, and, and Matrix is this accumulation of Autobot wisdom and knowledge, and it's this good, this source of good.
0: And the whole aspect of here is Unicron, extremely large and evil. And here's the Autobot leadership of Matrix, or depending on how you want, which episode and how you want to look at it, it's still the same device. Really small and concentrated good. Mm -hmm. And it's that, again, as you said, that yin and yang. And it's just this... As to use your wording, uh, Scourge has this kind of a peanut allergy in a way. Of here's mm-hmm. this, you know, device trying to amplify the good and bring potential out in Scourge, but it just becomes a an allergic reaction. And you see Scourge as he's crying out in pain, crying, and his
1: like his robotic exterior is literally bubbling. Right. It's like this was actually very well animated and kind of gross looking.
0: It, yeah, It was uh, the aspect of uh, well animated, despite the fact that at times it seemed like they didn't have any care in regards to animating it sometimes. Because mm-hmm. again, it seemed like it was like lifting off the background a little bit, but that's just one fellow's opinion. But...
1: Right. But it definitely got the point across. Right. And he kind of, as he feels the power surging through, he's like, I have the power of a hundred... No, a hundred thousand Decepticons. It's like, yeah, that's how much the the Matrix ampl, like you know, look at the strength it gave to Rodimus Prime or Optimus Prime. You know, the the strength, the knowledge, everything it gave them to be. You know, it
0: made it made. Optimus a badass which gave him again the the point of this episode it is that Optimus's shadow was so large he was that big of a hero that big of a leader he -hmm. was that big of a badass uh and here's somebody that was a in essence when you look at Rodimus's backstory he was hot rod this carefree party going kind of dude even though he he had his place who? And you saw his uh, redemption and his growth, and he he just had this big shadow to, to and he fill. Was,
1: he was Judd Nelson from The Breakfast Club. Right. And in the movie, Hot Rod actually was voiced by Judd Nelson. Right. But yeah, and I know there's one episode where Hot Rod literally looks at the statue of Optimus Prime, and he's like, you know, trying to figure out a, a situation. Like, oh, I wish I knew what you would do in this situation.
0: Yeah, he, he he's like, just learning.
1: He he's knows find the, his own style. Right, he knows he, or at least he has an idea of the gravity of the situation he's in. Right. Which is a great lead into kind of where the next scene goes cuz we go back to the what the Autobots kind of makeshift headquarters in Japan right now of dealing with these attacks and uh hot, you know, and we learn he's hot rod again. He's kind of hooked up to the diagnostic machines. He wakes up, he's like, you know, they're like, hey, are you okay, Hot Rod? He's like, what? What? I knew something felt different. And Springer and Ultra Magnus like, hey, you want to go after them? You want to, you know, go grab the Matrix?
0: It, it shows their respect that they still see him as a, somewhat of a leader. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they 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 know that there's that personality shift and it kind of shows that here he is I don't care anymore he's just laying it at I don't mean to go ahead but this is their, this particular scene he's like I don't care anymore I you know I'm right. back at hot I'm back as Hot Rod I'm Hot Rod right now I don't want to be a leader somebody else take it I, I don't want it yeah. I don't want it he's, he's like, just like lay, matrix laying matrix it off. Ma- yeah I don't want it I you know this is that aspect but what we're seeing I'm sure we'll get into it in a moment. It everything we saw in the start of the episode starting to pay off a little bit, right? But we'll get into it. I, I don't want to. Um,
1: there's definitely some good story building, like through the episode and kind of what Hot Rod's going through.
0: Right. He but needs. It's... Gu- he needs guidance. He's like he's just. He's just fed up. He's just. Just dis- you know. It's the. St- I want to say for the most part, if you want to again, look at it somewhat logically, he's stressed. He, he's, he's all right. It's gone. I'm this, you know what? Good, good. I'm. You know, good. I don't uh-huh. have to deal with stress no more. You want it, you take it or give it to somebody else who want who wants it. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I, you know, I, he's fed up. He's angry. He's just, you know, he's just letting, he's laying out the truth, his aspect of the truth. Right. I, you know, I'm, you know, I, I tried. I failed. I screwed up. I'm out. Um, He's gotten it, out, right? Yeah, if you if it was done, if the episode was done later or closer to the early two thousands, you might have heard uh, like an Eric Cartman aspect of "heck with you guys, I'm going home." Going home. You know, you know um, mm-hmm. that whole a- aspect. Like, and granted, I'm just censoring some things to be because of how you doing things, Randy. And it's just like, <laughs> equity guys, I'm going home. And that's how, that's what in essence his rant is. You know, you know, I've had right. enough. I'm going home. I'm quitting. I'm, I'm done. I'm and done.
1: It's definitely in, you know, stories like these are definitely done for character building. Um, Cause I'm actually rewatching a uh, deep space nine right now. And I'm in season seven uh, where we get the character of Ezri Dax who replaces Jadzia after she's killed off at the end of season six.
0: Oh, that's, that's a different conversation. That's, that's a conversation I, I, would love to go into, uh, if I had everything set up, I'd say, Randy, after this, let me fire up my software and we talk about that particular episode because that I could go into a lot of more of an adult conversation with that because of the whole, what kind of species, she's she is and the whole aspect of the 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 symbiote and everything else um uh, but we um no offense to you we're, we're here to talk about transformers yeah. uh, uh
1: but basically um there, there's a lot of the same parallels going through that's going in this story you know basically hot rod rodimus he's dealing with all this pressure of it there's a lot dumped onto him at at once when he becomes Prime.
0: Right. Congratulations. You're now the leader of the Autobots. And you've got to win. Not only beat this universe-ending <laughs> planet killer known as Unicron. Who wants to kill you and the Autobot leadership of Matrix. He wants to kill your home. you got to deal with that <laughs> now. <laughs> right? Crap. Now when hmm. that's all done, you've got to rebuild everything. And take care of the Decepticons. That are next to come crap <laughs> uh yeah, why so... could have this happened a couple years later when i got used to everything yeah
1: so yeah hot rod he he's like all right i'm off and so he transforms and rolls, rolls out, out? <laughs> uh so we go back to char where galvatron's just kind of berating his troops again and scourge comes
0: out now here's the thing it's like before we get the aspect of the attack of uh zombified hulked out scourge that this is a confusing thing that i when i was doing the rewatch is that since they had a whole mess of these um combine con uh you know molden like this uh uh devastator in the background it's like the way that everything that they had it shot the frame shot it's like you see the decept um uh not Decepticons, the Decepticons, the individual bots that make up Devastator. And you see one of the big, larger combinicons combined. And the way the shot was set up, it looked like it was Devastator with all the, yeah. you know, but it's like, is this a goof? Because it wouldn't be the first time the animators did a goof like that. And yeah. it, it's just, it, it was like, I had to rewind it and go back into realize it was the um decepticons that were like lions and bear uh one was a lion one was like a, a bear it was one of those weird
1: yeah the binocons, predacons
0: the predacons that were combined and standing in the shot next to the devastator in the visual bots that made up devastator and it was just kind of hard to make out it, it i'm sure yeah. Back in our day when we were watching it on small 19-inch screens, it would have been even worse. But, you know, yeah, it's that's just
1: like, a, that's just the Yeah, that's just a foreign animation studio putting in bodies. They're like, hey, right. this scene needs like 12 bodies.
0: And it, it it's supposed to be the Predacons, and it, it pays off. You find out it is the Predacons later, but it, in that one shot, it just looks weird. And it, it wouldn't be the first time... Like, all right, instead of the Predacons, it's easier to draw the Scepter, you know, or this particular combination bots, you know, we'll do that. The mm-hmm. kids won't know, and us as kids, we didn't care. We were just eating a bowl of Twix at the time, or uh, yeah. uh, Fruity Pebbles, and we are like, this show is awesome. I can't wait to tell everybody, you know, when the day's done, you know, just shoveling bowls full of sugar in our mouth. Yeah. and <laughs> But... Nowadays, it's like, wait a minute. Did they screw this up? You know, but we just animation
1: inconsistencies. But now we know. Yes, they screwed up the animation so many times.
0: (laughs) But uh, and there's YouTube videos about those screw ups. But that's, again, a different tale for a different episode, I'm sure. (laughs) But we get we get that attack of zombified, hulked out scourge.
1: And this is like not even a fight. He. he mur- he, ba- he massacres them, like, easily.
0: The fight kind of remind, Even though you hear it in one aspect of it the line repeated from the movie, I still function. Um, which, coming from that one particular... Uh, it's ironic it comes from one of the the uh, Decepticons that was transformed by Unicron, um, even though it was set initially by Megatron. Uh, but... The scene is a remnant of every Autobot that has gotten the Autobot leadership of Matrix, if I'm remembering the shows correctly. Every time they show a Autobot getting the Matrix of leadership, mm-hmm. it's during the, a battle with the Decepticons. And when they come out, they have that invulnerability – it's like getting that star in mario brothers it's <laughs> like you have you have like 15 seconds or 30 seconds of invulnerability they come out they're bigger they're badder they're you know they're ready to kick rear uh, or kick enemy butt uh and they get shot a couple of times it's like what did you shoot me huh come on come at me bro you know th- that's what this scene kind of reminded me of. It's uh-huh. that invulnerability, that aspect of the Matrix showing itself right. in Scourge a little bit because they're just shooting him. And he's just, all right, I'm going to kick everybody's tail in this, you know, come at me, bro. Oh, yeah.
1: It's just that, you know, that just additional power it gives. So, yeah, he blasts Galvatron, Cyclonus pretty easily, and he gathers a bunch of Decepticons, and they are headed off towards Earth.
0: Yeah. And he put himself, I'm the leader now, I kicked everybody's butt, let's go, we're gonna, we're gonna destroy, we're gonna get really big and we just, we're gonna destroy yeah. cities. And, even, like, so, oh yeah, he actually, he
1: actually fought, he actually fought them too, It's like, alright, I fought you, I'm done. Whereas Starscream in like the early scenes would go, Agachon has stubbed his toe, I am the leader now!
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is supposed to be the way of the Septicons. If you want to challenge the current leader, you challenge them. If you won, you're now the leader. Pretty and much. He he, pretty much beat everybody up and said, "I'm the leader now." And they went, "All right, what's the plan?" Okay, we're gonna, you know, get really big and destroy some cities. And me being a Toho fan in the when this show was around, I would have went, "Yes, <laughs> bring <laughs> on the Casu battles." Destroy Tokyo, yes. um, because I was a Toho fan as a kid. The, the um,
1: abandoned buildings district that somehow gets destroyed every week in Power Rangers.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so, that's why I, I hated, I didn't like Power Rangers, but I kind of liked it in the same way, because it reminded me of the old, old Toho stuff. Mm-hmm. So, But,
1: yeah, to so continue. As they, uh, so as Scourge and his uh, Decepticons head off, we're left with that a lingering question of are Galvatron and Cyclonus dead? Who knows? They could be alive, they could be dead. We'll find out after these commercial messages. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment,
0: folks. <laughs> これする
1: Good time a great
0: taste. Doesn't mean a lot if you don't get it, huh? If you're looking to buy yourself the right car, come to Trophy and Mesquite, we're not too far. We got Nissan cars and trucks, so don't be shy. You can buy them from a lady. You can buy them from a guy. At Trophy, Trophy, Trophy <laughs> Nissan. Trophy Nissan's a place to buy. You can get them real cheap. We're, we're never too high. The best part. We got to take care of you.
1: All right, and we are back. And as we come back to the commercial, we were left to that uh interesting question of our Galvatron and Cyclone is dead. No, they actually still function.
0: Yeah, now they are is, ready so this for this. Is revenge. where we get that that line that. Kind of uh, callback to the movie. I still function, but it's <laughs> it, I, 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 when I first started, it's like, hey, that could be a callback to the movie. For you know, granted, we didn't when we were young. Uh, I'm not aging you in any way, but when I was young, I w- I didn't see the movie until years later. And but even then, when shows did callbacks to movies, we wouldn't have gotten them. Now today, if we watch right. uh, something. Uh, like the Avengers and they say something in one movie and they make a call back. Another, week. we're the first ones to go call back. <laughs> and, but now it's like, right. Back then it's like, we wouldn't have, you know, really? We've just thought again, part of the show, part of the yep. show. And, and nowadays it's like, could that have been a callback? Because it, again, as stated prior to the break, um, it's said by one of the Decepticons that was rebuilt by Unicron, even though the line was said by Megatron. I still function. Yep. And it, it's to me, it's still an awesome line. It's that mm-hmm. one line of, "I still function." Mm-hmm. It, it's it's also a badass line. And it's like, oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's like, "You okay?" I still function, and just getting up, and it's like. Dude, even though you had your ass ripped, saying that you could be wounded and it still comes off, you could be the worst character. I'm still all right. Let's do this. You it's know, just it, a
1: flesh wound.
0: Still a flesh wound. Uh, <laughs> it's still a great line. It's uh, it was. It's a great line. I'm glad they had that line in there. Mm-hmm. And to most, uh, to make the callback because we're making a lot of callbacks to the movie. My favorite bit in the movie is. I have a lot of favorite bits in the movie, but. My, one of my most favorite is when you first see Galvatron go to the Decepticons uh-huh. and he blasts Starscream to atoms, and you see—I think it's Rumble go. What's his name again? Yeah. And it's just that—it's that innocent line that you'd think somebody yeah. like Galvatron would just instantly shoot him, and but it's that perfect question. It's like, what do you say his name was? Yeah. And he goes Galvatron. Galatron. Um. Um. And it's like almost that Um, All hail Galashan, and it's will just any- like, yeah. And, and everybody's it
1: like, will anyone else attempt to fill, fill his, his shoes?
0: shoes? And it, it's the perfect line. It's just that funny little bit. It's like, what do you say? It's just that. <laughs> anybody catch his name? And it's the per- even though it makes the Decepticons, especially Rumble, seem cow cowardly. It's just the perfect line. Hey, uh, anybody catch his name? Uh, what's his name? Galvatron. Mm-hmm. Cool. All hell, Galvatron. Okay, we're down with this. <laughs> you know, it's just mm-hmm. that aspect of it. And it's, it, even though it shows cowardice, it shows loyalty. And this, him saying, I still function, it shows loyalty to Galvatron. I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. ready. Come on. And it's just that hell aspect. It's like, well, we got to find Scourge and kick his ass for what he did with us. Uh-huh. And. We get yep. that. I mean, it's a and great they, thing.
1: Oh yeah. So they get in their shuttle and they're headed off towards earth, uh, which is where we head for the next scene as a uh, hot rod is actually kind of just sitting in the martial arts studio that was shown at the beginning, uh, where they were doing like the staff training.
0: Yeah. The, the Kembo stick training or whatever it is, yeah. uh, folks at home, uh, leave what it's properly pronounced in the comments section down below. Um, cause I'm sure I mispronounce it, but yeah a hot rods in the dojo it's it's one of those payoffs that i think i mentioned in earlier that here is he went to a place where it's a place of teaching and Mm -hmm. i think it i think instinctively that's where he wanted to go because uh it was a place of teaching i think he wanted to go there to um get his thoughts organized and possibly learn mm-hmm. something. And it was a school and
1: he does, he, he talks with the instructor,
0: uh, something that the writers put in. Let's have him. Yeah. He talks with the, the instructor, you know, to get wisdom. I think mm-hmm. the, the writers put that in. So kids would have that aspect of, Oh, I, I, if I need wisdom, I go to a teacher or an instructor Again, right? the The '80s were a weird time for shows like these. They were the advertisements for they were infomercials for kids, but uh, during this time, they had to put something educational in to satisfy parents. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was you caught this as I did. Did you seem like they the people that were recording Hot Rod's lines? Uh, were nitwits, and they were just recording a general conversation that they were having with the voice actor, because it seemed so pale and dry and unemotional. It was like, as the the sensei was talking, it was all, uh-huh, uh-huh. I get that. I guess I did lie. I... It was all monotone, it was all mm. dry. It was just like, they just left the recorder recording... And the voice actor who the voiced the Hot Rod was just talking with somebody and they were so, – yeah, I I lied on our date last night. And it was like, oh, these are great lines for, the, which you yeah. use for this week's episode. But it all came up – there was no emotion because once hmm. everything does end with this conversation, it's time to be a little bit more – to emote a little bit more. It's like thunk. All right, let's time to emote and voice that hot rod right here. We got to make that transition to back to Ultra, uh, you know, Rodimus Prime, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to do that. But we go from, I, how are you? We are talking right now to, hey, how's it going, man? How's it going? It's just, again, that five seconds, 30 seconds, it just seemed like the voice actor didn't care at all. It was just like, mm-hmm. yes, I was lying. Yes, no, maybe, maybe, yes, no, I will consider yeah. that uh, thought. And then maybe the next day, like he had a couple of co- cups of coffee and, you know, <laughs> whatever happened, couple, it was the eighties. Maybe there were drugs involved. Um, right. And he came back, Hey, let's do this. And, you know, next day, Hey, I, I, I gotta get going. Thanks for the tips, man. We'll see you next time if I need to talk more. You know, it, yeah. And he it's kind
1: just, of, and that's kind of what we get from this scene. He's kind of talking with the instructor, and you know, the sensei is kind of giving him some, you know, some knowledge about finding balance and between good and evil, and kind of accepting what his role is in that balance. And he, and Hara kind of seems to get it, and he's like you know, okay, I kind of get the, re- you know, the responsibility I was given. I kind of understand where my place is. Yeah. I need to go get the matrix back now.
0: Yeah. It, it, but it, it, like I said, it was that aspect and that's, I think the next scene shows Scourge attacking the city. This yes. would, I want to say this would have been a great, even though they kind of did it, uh, I'm sure you'd go into the, those particular episodes, um, in a later episode but this would have been a kind of great ordeal of them if they had the foresight to do a zombie type of aspect where they use the autobot scourge uses the autobot leadership of matrix to kind of turn the autobots evil Hmm. even though they use that in a type of ordeal in a later two-parter uh but it's that aspect of it would have made a great storyline in that last act
1: Actually, that later two-parter is literally the next two episodes that aired after this one.
0: I thought it was like. um...
1: No, this is like the penultimate episode of the season. No, oh. um, I'd have to double check it because yeah. I
0: think there was like three episodes left in the season.
1: No, because uh, this actually, this the following two episodes are the return of Optimus Prime, where they have the Hate Plague.
0: I remember that as as a teen hearing that again, folks. This was before before the internet, way before the internet. Yeah. You heard Optimus Prime was coming back. Oh dear God, oh dear God. I you know, I booked you know my bus stop was a quarter of a mile from my house. I booked it home because I couldn't program my VCR. I had to record it because <laughs> I wanted to watch it again and again and again and again and again. So.
1: Yeah, and and it was so, one of those things. Yeah, and so from here, um, it kind of goes pretty quick. Um, you know, the Scourge and his Decepticons are attacking the city. Uh, one, uh, the student that we saw earlier, Ozu, he actually comes to an aid of an old lady, and he's trying to attack Scourge with a kendo stick.
0: It, it, that's the thing. It's like it was a kendo stick in the early part of the show, but in this part, it seemed like he actually had a... A samurai sword, sword that did actual damage to Scourge,
1: mm-hmm. and and that's probably because of like how the his body was reacting to the matrix. It probably like messed up the integrity of his you know his metal.
0: Or the aspect, um, if you want to look at it with a different fan theory, this this uh, student was acting in the aspect of good,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the Autobot um, leadership matrix probably responds to good or amplifies good mm-hmm. in a way. And even though Scourge is evil and doing evil things, someone is protecting a life. And therefore the energy is, again, you might want to say, amplified through either the kendo stick or the samurai sword. It looks like a samurai sword in the uh, the, mm-hmm. the particular scene. It does damage to Scourge because it's – the Matrix, you could say, is ample energy from the matrix is amplified by the work of good to damage evil. Mm-hmm. It's a fan theory, right? If you want to look at instead of looking at it with logic, but you're looking at it with cartoon <laughs> illogic, he's trying to protect life, therefore, the matrix is helping him fight evil in a way. Right. And it, um, yes,
1: it, this does give sexy. them enough time to run away, but. They end up running into an alley, right? Where Scourge is lumbering over them, but luckily Hot Rod shows up right in the nick of time, and he sees what you know the Matrix has done to him, how it's transformed him, warped him in a sense.
0: all oh, because physically, uh, the front... and... yeah. I don't mean to, to, because right after uh, Hot Rod hit, uh, runs into him, uh, his ch- Scourge's chest pa- panel opens up to show the. Um, Matrix leadership. And that's when it's like, oh, it's the Matrix of leadership. And he did
1: this to him?
0: Did this to him. And you also see Scourge kind of close that flap too, which is a great, I will not say great nod, but great detail, no, um, notice it, I want to say, great detail, work of detail, of one, showing the, that panel pop open, and Scourge later Few seconds later, realizing it's open, and shut it. Mhm. That I uh, got to give the uh, animators props for that.
1: Yeah. So a it, it's struggle. A, it's a
0: very tiny detail, though.
1: Right, and so a struggle ensues at this point. Um, Hot Rod and Scourge fight, and uh, Hot Rod does manage to get the Matrix back. Uh, so he puts it back inside of him. He becomes Rodimus Prime, and Scourge is uh, dispatched very quickly. Right. He wishes he hadn't been. Cause once Rodimus leaves, guess who finds Scourge?
0: Galvatron. Yeah, Little and he's thirst. like,
1: he goes straight up? into lackey mode. He's like,
0: "No, no, I don't have the Matrix anymore. Don't hurt me." It was me. all the fault. Don't hurt me. It was all the fault of the Matrix. And you, yeah, they don't. And care. you get that insanity yet cool line from, uh, from I want to say it's cool, but coming from who it is or say the line coming from who it is is cool it's Galvatron saying I'll show you what else is an issue of the matrix or cause the matrix and he transforms and all you see is that him fire you don't see what happened you Mm -hmm. just see fire and it's just that it's something again something that you'd expect someone in Galvatron's position to do It's that aspect of, I'm going to, you know, because I'm the head bad guy, I'm going to shoot you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And granted, uh, many years later, you see a kind of flip of of that script with some action movies. It's like you see the victim saying, wait a minute, I thought you weren't going to kill me. And the, the leader going, did I really, really? You know what? Joey, kill him yeah you know you know that flips like you're right i didn't i did say that i'm not gonna kill you joey kill him you know you see it in i think the first time you see it is in water world mm-hmm. and it's it became a new trope since then it's like all right i'm not gonna kill you he's gonna do it yeah. and but during this time it's that whole aspect it's like i gotta show how evil i am by doing evil things mm-hmm. and one that's when i think we see um they don't really show Scourge dead, but you see Galvatron and the other Decepticon carry Scourge off and the other Decepticons kind of retreat with them. Mm -hmm. And you hear, it sounds like uh, one of the Insecticons or it's a different voice than somebody else says it. It it sounds more, if not one of the, um, again, as you were saying, you have, like five people voicing everybody on the show. So it sounds either like an Insecticon or a one of the Dinobots saying, wow, got to beat feet. And it's just one of those, it, it's like, wait a minute, that, that sounds like the voice of a, uh, a Dinobot or an Insecticon. I don't see anybody there. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying. It's like, yeah, there's like 10, 15 people that does all the voices. Maybe one of the voices people that was on this particular vo- a show voiced that particular Dinobot or, or Insecticon, they needed an additional voice. Kids are not going to be caring at this point. They're going to be cheering that the Decepticons are flying off and they're on their second bowl of fruit loops right now. And they're not going to give a rat's rear. So, (laughs) which probably back then I didn't give a rat's rear and I'm sure, you know, Hmm. this is awesome. You know, Right. If you want to go full WWE? This is awesome, you know. Going, yay! What's right. next? You know, or
1: and, yeah. So as the Decepticons uh, head off, uh, Rodimus Prime has a uh, you know bit of a moment of realization. You know that he has to deal with you know uh, the parts that are kind of missing, and you know what he has to do to you know kind of make himself a whole individual and the leader he needs to be and kind of where his place in the universe is
0: yeah it, and uh, even Cup I think you said Cup makes that line it's like yeah you found that missing part didn't you and Rodman says yes I did you know I found, realized I needed it as much as it needed me it was that learning okay. moment yes and so All in all,
1: I thought this episode was pretty good. There was a lot of great development, you know, kind of Rodimus going through those steps and kind of taking that learning moment. But I have one major gripe with this episode. Where it's located in the series. Because unfortunately, as I stated before, the episode that follows this in airing order is the return of Optimus Prime. So everything this episode does is thrown away in the next episode. Like if this episode had been earlier in the season and we got to see some of the stuff Rodimus did throughout the season with that learning moment, it would have made him an overall better character but unfortunately, this episode was so late in the season, and I think, you know, I think they were kind of reeling from the decision, you know, to kill Optimus Prime. Originally, they're like, "Oh, we're going to bring him back."
0: Yeah, I think that's what happened. I didn't like earlier in the season, they bring him back as a decoy, uh-huh. uh at, to kind of bait everyone. It was like earlier in the season or something like that. Uh, I don't remember when I was a kid. I don't – didn't remember seeing that episode. I I either – it was shown out of place or they didn't show it that week Mm -hmm. or I missed it somehow. Uh, Even though I was watching every episode when it came out, uh, somehow I missed that episode because I was just excited that Optimus was coming back. And that was – at that time, it was like 87. I I was – even though I was like 11, 12, and it's still, we were entering, we we were still in that golden age of, if you want to call mm-hmm. the 80s and maybe early 90s, the golden age of cartoons. Because you had a lot of awesome cartoons in the eighty mid to late 80s, and early 90s. You had uh, Thundercats, G.I. Joe, uh transformers voltron even though that was a an anime import Mm -hmm. um you had uh, ducktales tailspin batman the animated series superman the animated series uh, batman and robin you had all these great cartoons between i want to say 85 and 95 Mm -hmm. in that 10 year span you had the most powerhouse awesomest cartoons that either A, they had insane... Let's not forget Animaniacs. Got to insert Animaniacs somewhere in there. These insane ideas of cartoons or these drug-infused ideas for cartoons that drove toy sales and was just a ball... Like we said numerous times in this episode, we were kids. We didn't care. They could have just made things out of order like they do Mm -hmm. today with like, you've seen it with Firefly, uh, countless other, uh, television series that they put stuff out of order. Mm -hmm. Um, they could have done this with the cartoons. They could have put the, um, everything out of order. Did we as kids give any rats rear? No, as long as long as at like 10 o'clock AM on Saturday or whenever this cartoon came on, It came on at 10 o'clock Saturday on whatever channel was supposed to come on. As long as we had our bowl of cereal, chocolate milk, and milk in that cereal, we didn't care. (laughs) That was our Saturday.
1: Oh, Um, man. But, yeah, no, you go back in as an adult, and you're like, oh, this is actually great. They actually did something with this character. Right. Oh, they destroyed all the very next episode. Awesome.
0: Great. And they kind of just next season they kind of just tossed it over their shoulder and went heck with you guys and we were like really you just gave us four three or four episodes of headmasters and decided to yeah. say
1: a three-parter
0: a, head, a three-parter it and
1: it was originally supposed to be a five-parter
0: and and it's like you told us yeah we're canceling the show wow. really really you're going to do us dirty like that really yeah, yeah. but
1: oh yeah no but Overall, I thought this episode was good. It's just, unfortunately, its placement in the season really hurts.
0: I'm going to have to agree with you that it wasn't... I, it was one of those things with me as stated that when I go back to rewatch a old 80s cartoon that I enjoyed as a young child or a child that had that standard of everybody in my school was talking about... Uh, he-Man, Transformers, Thundercats, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you go back as an adult and it's either a cringe, like total cringe, like wh- why? How did I miss that? Um,
1: but, yeah. yeah, no, the, the racism in the 80s was pretty bad. And we got a bit of that in, in display here with, um, well, I don't, or, or I don't at least stereotyping.
0: I don't mean that, it's just that um he meant to me had a lot of weird overtones to it and that's what i'm getting at and so like oh like you really loved this show as a kid and i didn't understand the you know why is he man holding s- Skeletor or like that i'm not comfortable with this you know yeah um type of ordeal and when i went back to watch he man as an adult like i'm not comfortable with this right now um uh, but
1: watched a few episodes of the centurions and one of the main characters is just like constantly like sexually sexually harassing women like wow and this is one of our heroes
0: it's like we enjoyed these cartoons this kid uh how did we miss the you know these cringe fests there was cringe in this but We, again, when we watched it, we were like eight years old. We didn't care.
1: Yeah. It was... um, We
0: just wanted to see giant robots beat up other giant robots that were able to transform into cars, planes, dinosaurs, and the whatnot. Because
1: if you go back into the earlier part of season three, there's a fictional country um, called Carbamia.
0: Yeah. And it was the reason why uh, Casey Kasem quit the show. Yep. Because I think he was he was initially from
1: Lebanese, I believe.
0: Yeah. He was Lebanese or from that general area of Uh the world. And he didn't like the I guess it was way too cringeworthy um, that even he probably noticed. So he said, you know what? I'm out. I'm gone. Yep, I'm gone. Sorry. Uh, Nowadays, when we see it, it's like, oh, it's cringe. Oh, oh." now I understand why Casey Kasem left. Um, You're
1: like, Oh, I'm an adult, and I understand that joke now.
0: Right. Wow. Right. So it we understand now we're able to see a little bit more or have a broader sense of why. But, again, as kids, we didn't care. We just As long as we got that bowl of cereal with milk in it and a glass of milk with uh, quick in it, we don't care. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Because those days were a whole lot better than being an adult paying bills. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. But that was uh, definitely a fun romp here. And uh, I think that's a good place to call it for this episode. uh, Chris, I definitely want to thank you for being on the show.
0: No problem. Of course, you can
1: check him out at the Long Coat Mafia. Look it up on social media. Just look it up online. Check out their podcast. And, of course, uh, check out all the Geek World Order, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast uh, social media Of course, check out GeekWorldOrder.com and like, subscribe, and rate us on all of the major podcast providers.
0: That's right. Check out Geek World Order and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. I'm not saying that because Randy paid me. No, he didn't.
1: (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time, folks.
0: And now the Long Coat Mafia podcast. It's a Long Coat Mafia podcast. You cleaning up! Uh. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I should say this filler slash lost media episode, kind of, sorta, of uh, that featured an episode with me on the Totally Radical Cartoon podcast. Uh, it show again. Show Randy some love. Um, Matter of fact, you know what? Uh, Go on Facebook. Like his uh, Facebook page there if it's still up. If not, go to his YouTube channel. Subscribe to his uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Watch his videos. Tell him if you like this. Tell him you want to hear some more episodes of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Because, like I said, he hasn't dropped an episode in over a year. If not two years at most. Um, Tell him to do so. Tell him to, you know... See what he can do. See if he can resurrect that beast. And check out the other episodes out there. Because I wanted you guys to discover this episode. This this podcast. Um, I was on. Including this one. I think it was on twice. But either way. Check it out. As per us. Uh, we should be back to our usual recording times next week. Uh, hopefully. Kinda. Sorta. I have to. Uh. uh Poke the Baroness in, in a way, and see what uh, Sasha has planned for uh, this weekend, so we could do record sometime either during the day or after I played D and D that night. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, things return back to normal. A lot of things to discuss, including uh, uh, what happened at Ravenwood and everything else hopefully we'll drop some more videos on our youtube channel uh we're still waiting on a few things in regards to kickstarter there's another kickstarter i have to kind of uh put together and uh send out the final information for Uh, i'm just waiting to get paid but if you want uh, speaking of that if you want to help support the channel links to help uh do that are in the description down below but if money Uh, Is tight for you uh, like it is for me right now. Uh, Listening to this podcast, uh, sharing it, getting the word out about us, liking, subscribing, the whole nine yards is also supporting this podcast. Uh, As much as we like uh, the the paper kind of stuff and the kind of stuff that goes jingle jingle in our pockets, uh, we understand funds are tight for a lot of folks. Uh, but if you do want to support, we do have a tip jar, we do have a Patreon, uh, Dubby is our quasi-sponsor, s- and our official quasi-sponsor, we just gotta get you guys and gals out there to use our, uh, sponsor, which is Dubby Energy, uh, just head on over to dubby.gg and use our link, LCM Podcast, in, at checkout, and, uh, You'll get ten percent off your order, so trust me. I I've been drinking W Energy, and I like the Cali Cali O Cream flavor. I again, as soon as I get enough funds together, I might try one of their many other great flavors that they have out there. See which ones uh, I like best, and I'll try to uh bug them to keep those flavors in stock because I've been enjoying their uh their flavors i'm not saying that because they are our sponsors i'm saying that because i actually use their product and uh, at times when i'm feeling a little bit sluggish and i drink uh make the mix with dubby and water uh hey it does it does help trust me it does but let me say this if you're allergic to coffee or not caffeine coffee uh don't drink it. Uh, you might have some issues. I say that because Sasha is allergic to coffee beans. Uh, and she can't drink anything that is a uh, derivative of coffee. So, just wanted to let you guys and gals know about that. But either way, what else can I say other than check us out next week and subscribe, that sort of thing, is this... I'm a gamer. I'm wearing a bikini. See you next time on the Long Coat Mafia.